0: And if you see me looking at my phone at all, I'm not being distracted or talking to boys that don't care about me. I promise I'm being a professional and I'm looking at my notes. I so understand. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Me, Myself, and I'm Joey Jabala. And I'm joined as somebody that I've been meaning to talk to for a minute now. She's been on my little dream guest list that I have deep in my notes, and all that. She is a Brooklyn-based community organizer, arts advocate, producer, founder, and executive director of the Black Trans Femmes in Arts. Jordan J.
1: Hi, everyone.
0: Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming.
1: Of course. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. I meant to have you earlier during Trans Awareness Week, but nonetheless, Trans Awareness is all the time. And All it is every day and it is every year. So nonetheless, I'm very happy to have you join us today.
1: I'm happy to be here.
0: Yeah, for real. How how's everything been going, especially with BTFA as of lately?
1: Things have been going really well lately. Uh-huh. We just got our official 501 C three status, so we're now an independent nonprofit. Um, so we're really happy about that. Congratulations. Been like a long time coming. We're planning for our first ever fundraising gala Mm -hmm. on January 28th at the Brooklyn Museum. So So. things are like getting really like in the heat of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm literally actually going straight from here to the Brooklyn Museum to have a meeting with all of our vendors and producers. Um, So I'm really excited. Mm -hmm. Um, We've got like some really big things happening at that event that I can't wait to announce.
0: That's amazing. So, the gala hasn't been officially announced. This is like... The gala has been announced. Yeah. It's just... There's always little surprises
1: that I like to, you know...
0: Absolutely. ...bring to the people. What are you thinking of bringing to the people? What are you... Well, actually, If you could share anything. Yeah,
1: I can share um, some of our lineup. Uh-huh. Um, we have just confirmed that Misha who is a world-renowned... Love beyonce impersonator a legend for face in the ballroom scene Mm -hmm. she's going to be performing mila jam who's often like referred to as like the beyonce of the trans community Mm -hmm. you know our pop star and angelica ross will also be performing wow at the gala so we're really excited about that
0: that's amazing brooklyn museum too Yeah, we're really happy to be
1: hosting it at the Brooklyn Museum. It's just like such an amazing space. And like, even when we were walking through, we're hosting it in the same um, area where that opening scene of Pose is shot when they're like stealing um, the clothes. And I was like, this is just such a like full circle, like, you know, moment for trans history.
0: Mm -hmm. The Brooklyn Museum has really been turning out events for so many different people and communities and... I don't know, like I see other museums and venue spaces and they don't really do much for culture, but the Brooklyn Museum, especially in this past year, like it actually looks like a space for culture and they're open to anyone coming in and turning out
1: Yeah, shout out to Lauren Zelaya. She's the director of public programming at the Brooklyn Museum Mm -hmm. and she's also a BTFA board member. So love, yeah, we love the Brooklyn Museum at BTFA.
0: Absolutely, and I wanted to talk about what made you start the BTFA? Like what was kind of the deciding moment in your life that made you want to start? Because I know you also kind of learned lessons from Marta Moreno mm-hmm. in the Caribbean Culture Center as well. So kind of what lessons from there did you apply into the BTFA when you're yeah, creating
1: that? Marta was one of my professors, my senior year of undergrad, I think mm-hmm. it was, and she taught this course on um, cultural equity mm-hmm. um, in New York City, especially. And we learned about like building cultural institutions and how there's so much inequity in funding and support yeah. from the city, um, and really how to demand what you're owed and how to fight for um, your community's representation. Mm-hmm. And like hearing her stories of how when she was the executive director of El Museo del Barrio they lost their funding for a full year yeah. and like they had to bring their babies to work and their husbands would cook lunch for everyone. And she ended up at the end of that year, securing an exhibition at the Met. Um, I was like, okay, well like what do I want to work so hard yeah. that I'm willing to go a year without funding for? Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that class was when I first kind of started conceptualizing some type of physical space and, Organization that could build community for black trans femmes in the arts and to like create resources for us. And then once I finished grad school, I got my master's in art politics, and I was like, okay, I've learned all of these resources. Like, yeah. I have this education, I've studied trans history mm-hmm. and like trans people's history in the arts, especially. And I want to bring this to my community and make sure that, you know, we have something that we can build on and that we can mm-hmm. go to for support and I hosted a artist meetup. I just like put out a flyer on social media. Mm-hmm. I had some of my girlfriend share it. Um, and just from there, we just started building.
0: I love that. And I love that it's like an opportunity for people to express themselves mm-hmm. in the arts. It's a way to support the community, but also community isn't just supporting people day by day. It definitely is, and that's very important. But so many of these people are talented, absolutely, and need an outlet and need a place to be able to express themselves, especially in these industries, especially the art industries as well. They're so gatekept. Yeah, you know, absolutely. For a lot of people, specifically Black trans folks, so it's like, I just love that it's a space and an opportunity for people to be creative because there really just isn't enough of that, and that's why you and BTFA stuck out to me. Because I'm like, this isn't just a Venmo to just donate to, which we love, Mm -hmm. put money in people's purses, please. But it's actually giving people an opportunity to go find what they really love and just whether it be music, art, dance, performing, all of it.
1: Before I started BTFA, I did a lot of work in like organizing spaces Mm -hmm. and like a lot of work with like. Prison abolition and prison reform, yeah. and I noticed that like when it came to trans people and trans resources, it was always focused on like HIV and AIDS, mm-hmm. healthcare, housing, and like those are all important resources that everyone needs. But also like nobody was acknowledging that trans people are human beings who have like ambitions and yeah. who have talent that they want to share with the world, and there wasn't support for that or acknowledgement of how exclusionary the art world was for trans people, despite the fact that you can look at, like, the global stage and see trans people's influence, especially, like, when it comes from ballroom. Um, And so I was like, okay, someone needs to bridge this gap and, you know, make a space where trans people can get the support that they need to Mm -hmm. survive, but also to bring something more to the table, to nourish their talents, and to, you know, share their art with the world.
0: Yeah, because everything else when it comes to that it's like it's all just very trauma-based right which granted there's a lot of things that we could learn from trans people's trauma and know how to prevent that from happening to future generations but it's like why are we gonna root a cause in trauma why not let's let's just celebrate them now Mm -hmm. you know
1: and that trauma like a lot of people don't understand how much that can weigh a person down yeah Like, even when I first started transitioning, I Mm. didn't have, like, a community of trans people around me. Mm. I didn't know trans people. So what I knew of being trans was that our life expectancy was 35 years old. And that was something that stuck with me. Like, every morning I woke up and that number 35 was in my head. And I transitioned at 20. So I was like, I have less than half of my life left. Mm. Um, And it wasn't until I started being in community with trans people, started meeting older trans women and seeing, like, there is beauty there is life and there is joy in being trans and that is what needs to be shared with the world and that is what especially younger trans people need to see
0: yeah what would you say to younger trans people that might not be in a place like new york say they're like in oklahoma or something somewhere that's more rural and might not have opportunities such like btfa right at there fingertips just like a personal note what would you say
1: yeah absolutely i would say you know even if you can't find a physical community Mm. find an online community connect with people you can reach out to me you can reach out to btfa Mm. there's a home for you somewhere yeah um and that you are loved and there's a whole community of people who understand what you're going through who've been through something similar and want to make the road easier for you so just you know find comfort where you can yeah and you know maybe start something of your own. If you don't have the resources um, that we have here in New York or um, in other large cities, you mm-hmm. know, start something of your own, start finding community. Um, Cause community is really the only way forward.
0: Yeah, completely. And it's funny that you say that because I've been just focusing on that word a lot lately, community, especially like on a personal note, when it comes to like making this show, I'm like, yeah, whatever, like career is one thing, blah, blah, blah. Like, and I realize I'm just like, it's not about me being like on the fucking camera. It's like, what can I do to help my community and other mm-hmm. communities? And I really realized that that's that word. And what that word means is the only way for things to be achieved. So I wanted to ask you how important is community when it comes to making things happen, especially for black trans people, because the government. can continues to just fail mm-hmm. all the time. And yes, their support is needed, and we still need to go and vote. We still need to go and do what we can to hopefully one day gain their support Mm -hmm. for the community. But how important of a role does community play in BTFA and in efforts put together to help black trans people?
1: Yeah, community is everything. Yeah. I, even before I started BTFA, what BTFA was based on was looking at the ballroom scene and looking at mm-hmm. ways that trans women have always brought people together, yeah. and taken care of each other, and supported people. With no resources at all, like yeah. with anything that they had, they made a way and they figured out how to take care of each other. And so that was like my ethos coming into BTFA. It was like, okay, how do we all bring whatever it is we have to the table, even if we have no money? Which in the beginning we did it. Mm-hmm. Um, everything was self-funded. Um, how do we take care of each other and how do we support each other? Mm-hmm. Um, And everything has been about that, like, from the beginning. And I didn't even really have community when I started BTFA. Mm -hmm. It was through BTFA that I got to meet people and find sisters and aunties and nieces that I have now um, that I'm incredibly grateful for. And everything we do is, like, a group effort. It's a community effort. Um, Every, like, milestone that we've reached has been because of An idea that someone had that I was like, okay, how do I use my resources to build on that? Or, you know, someone is in need. How do I meet that need and potentially meet the needs of 5,000 other people, you know? So it's always been about taking care of the whole community and having, like, that bigger picture of, okay, this isn't just one person that's having this need or there isn't just one person that's having this issue. It's clearly, like, you know, it's clearly gesturing to something that's much larger. Yeah. Yeah. how can we bring as many people together to help as many people as possible?
0: Yeah, completely. And I think people don't realize how important collaboration is when it comes to mm-hmm. that. Like other people's ideas are golden, Absolutely. you know, and when you put two and two together, so many different things could happen. Like you and Brooklyn Museum, look what's happening next month. Yeah. You know, like people really don't realize how useful it is when, We kind of like put our egos aside and just listen to what's best for the cause at hand. You know, it might be the person next to you that has a great idea. It might be yourself, but I don't know. I've just been realizing that as well. But when you were still coming up and you didn't have that community, I wanted to ask you, how did you stay motivated? Like what was the kind of just topic like staying on your mind day to day as you're putting effort and effort and energy and energy into BTFA.
1: Yeah I think when things first started it was like just excitement and passion Mm -hmm. and like so much of like young Jordan's dreams being able to come true Um, and knowing that you know I may like feel like I'm doing it alone or I may feel like you know the support that I want isn't there yet Mm -hmm. but even if I just touch one person that's everything in the world like our first meetup there I was like planning for like 50 people I got all this food and everything only six people showed up Uh but there was one person who said that this is the first time that I felt like I was inspired enough or safe enough to leave my home in months and I was like that one person is why I do what I do Mm. and if one person shows up to every event from now for the next 50 years then it's worth it because that one person was touched
0: yeah exactly I love that. Yeah. I love that. And I when I was doing all the research for today's interview and everything, I saw that you said that black trans femmes are the mothers of our culture. I just wanted you to expand on that because I completely agree.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like I feel like when it comes to the arts and creativity and cultural production, when you're on the farthest of the margins, Mm even though you may not have material freedom, there's so much freedom to create. There's so much freedom to express yourself, to be, to break barriers, because mm-hmm. there are no barriers when you're all the way out on the margins. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. We, as black trans women especially, black trans femmes, have to create a way for us to feel loved, for us to feel beautiful yeah. um, in a world that tells us that that's not possible. And like mm-hmm. that creativity and that energy that we bring like opens up amazing doors when it comes to artistic creativity. And mm-hmm. like if especially like, you know, I've been referencing Ballroom a lot. I think Ballroom is like the cornerstone Completely. of pop culture. Yeah. And that was started by black trans women because they were being excluded from other spaces. Mm-hmm. And black trans women have upheld ballroom and been like film queens are the foundation that ballroom is built on and continues to build on. Completely, you yeah. know? Um and like Even when you look at, like, Lil Nas X and Ariana Grande, Mm -hmm. The Wiz Live, all these big, like, cultural productions that are happening on stage. They're very influenced by Ballroom. You can see people voguing, even, like, Rihanna, FKA Twigs, all of these people. Um, And it's, like, built on what black trans women started. But black trans women aren't getting the accolades, they aren't getting the awards, they aren't getting the money, they aren't even getting the recognition no. um of like the impact that we've had. And it goes across all cultures. It's can it can be seen in makeup. Like yeah. every way that the IG baddies beat their faces, the bodies, the yep. Claremont twins. Nicki Minaj, all those girls—they look like Lola and Shawnee's Ebony. Mm -hmm. You know the film queens of the '90s and the early 2000s. Yeah, you know. So I think that we influence so much, and when we bring it up, often people like, "It's no way, no black trans woman influenced me. No black trans woman had an impact,
0: sweetie." Yes, they did. (laughs) Yeah, you just don't know how deep
1: it goes. Yeah,
0: it's crazy. And when you bring up celebrities and whatnot, even when I think about like the transformation. You know, like, they get dolled up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that came from somewhere. That came from ballroom. That came from the idea of putting yourself together in a way that is not just, you know, you're presenting yourself, but you're presenting yourself to an audience. You're presenting yourself to people. Like, you are getting into your own character that is meant for as meant to so-and-so, and it's just crazy because I've been on sets for productions like that, and I don't even see any black trans artists even being, you know... Elected or chosen as like the resident makeup artist or you know, in charge of styling, like, no type of ownership given to them, which is crazy considering y'all have created it the art itself. Y'all have created it, even
1: Renaissance is like everyone's calling it the best album of the year. It's Mm -hmm. on so many of these like top album of the year lists, Mm -hmm. and I feel like there's not a lot of mainstream conversation about like trans people queer people ballrooms impact on that record and you know i'm happy that beyonce included trans people completely production included people from ballroom like kevin jay-z um Mm -hmm. t.s maddie um, honey dijon you know all these people kevin aviance Mm -hmm. um who are essential to our culture and who we know and love yeah um but you know i'm interested to see how she includes black trans people moving forward yeah um but you know, I'm hopeful. You know, she already gave BTFA a shout out. So Ugh. maybe, you know, the email is in the drafts. She's just waiting to send.
0: Think so. How was that when she when you got the shout out from her?
1: I thought I was being pranked. I literally Ugh. was like, somebody sent me the screenshot mm-hmm. and I was like, Stop playing with me. This is not fucking funny. Like th- why would you do this to me? Yeah. Because I'm a huge Beyonce fan. Mm-hmm. And I was like on the phone with my best friend and she hates when I show emotion. So I was like, I have Aww. to hang up because I'm about to bar my out. I'm ass about to out. show a lot of
0: emotion <laughs> right now. Yeah. Um.
1: But yeah, it was just like so crazy because we were so early on when yeah. she shouted us out. Um. Like we didn't even have the logo we have now. It was like an old, like a grainy picture from our first ever uh-huh. Um first ever event that was public that one of my friends from college took. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, oh my God, Like, this is not real. I can't
0: believe it. But much deserved though. True. Absolutely true. And you guys have had a lot of support too from celebrities who I know in 2020 when you launched the grassroots organization you raised one million in your first week. Yeah. Just crazy.
1: Yeah, that was really crazy. Um, There was this protest coming up um for Nina Pop and Tony McDade mm-hmm. and I'd seen a lot of stories of like trans people that had been assaulted or injured while they were protesting even from my hometown of Jacksonville mm-hmm. and I was just like so worried it all goes back to community right Completely. like I was so worried and like wanted to protect my community my friends mm-hmm. people I didn't know um and so I texted um we had a group chat of like a bunch of different black trans founders of mm-hmm. the OCRA project black trans travel funds yeah. and for the girls and i was like can we start like, a fund girls. can we do something to support you know our community and make sure they're protected so we launched the black trans protesters emergency fund and mm-hmm. like i mentioned before everything up until that point i had funded myself and like um. i had gotten donations from like friends like they would cash out me mm-hmm. the most we ever made was like $1,100, and that was literally just paying me back for money I would already spent. Yeah, um, And so I didn't really think it was going to turn into much. Um, so I just, like, whipped up this little poster, posted it on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. We had, like, maybe 800 followers at the time. Mm-hmm. Next thing I knew, my phone literally did not stop buzzing for a single second yep. every day. Um, like, I was, like, getting a bombardment of emails. We were, like, at 40 two thousand followers on instagram Mm -hmm. um and like the money just like kept coming in and like janet mock was sharing it troy savant charlie xcx it was honestly one of the most mind-blowing weeks of my life
0: yeah completely especially that people with their platforms are willing to share such a amazing cause
1: yeah i was really shocked and it was really good to see like you know that there were people who cared about protecting trans people. Completely. Um, and that were willing to show up for us in that way. Yeah. Um, so that was, like, really, it, like, there was just so many emotions that week. It was heartwarming. It was terrifying. I was like, what What am I going to do with a million dollars? Yeah. Um, you know, all of these things. And, you know, we were able to help a lot of people and people that actually were very near and dear to me, um, like, we were able to get them out of jail. Mm -hmm. Um, We were able to pay for people's medical needs. Um, And then, you know, as we stated when we launched the fund, whatever money was left over we used to support our organizations. And, you know, I think all of us kind of reached a way different level of being able to support our communities after that and also, like, the global recognition and all of the things that came with it. It was really amazing. Mm
0: -hmm. How does allyship play a role in btfa contributing to the community all that because we name these celebrities a lot of which are like white gays you know Mm -hmm. how can people that can't necessarily relate to the black trans experience still play a role in supporting and supporting from a genuine and authentic place and not just because it's like the thing to do now and you look fly if you have like a hashtag in your bio or whatever like how does real allyship play Yeah,
1: I always say, like, money is amazing. I'm never going to turn down money. Our community always needs money. Um, But there is so much more that can be done, and Mm that money is, like, the first step. And, you know, I always ask, like, you know, well, how are you making it easier for black trans people to show up in your industry or Mm -hmm. in your life? Um, You know, are you creating opportunities? Are you allowing black trans people to shadow you? Are you Mm -hmm. having black trans people on set, like, behind the camera? are you giving black trans people opportunities to be in front of the camera? Um, Are you following black trans artists, you know, showing up and supporting them when they perform? Mm -hmm. Um, Even, like, with BTFA, we have what's called our Artist Resource Directory, where people who are either artists or art teachers or, like, have... A studio or yep. have equipment can offer those things for free or for a discount to black trans from artists mm-hmm. um, to be able to help them move forward or to be able to help them um, achieve what they need and some of those things have really helped our productions that we do in house or yeah. people volunteering for events or donating um, material needs to events it's all been like really crucial to making sure that black trans people have both the resources and the education yep. um, to do the best they can
0: yeah, and I saw that you also opened up the first Black Trans owned studio as well.
1: Yeah. Um we opened up BTFA Studios in March of twenty twenty one. Um and it is run by Black Trans films. Mm-hmm. You know, Black Trans films name is on the documents. Um and it's free to black trans films as well. So yeah. any, you know, black trans film artists. That work is working on a project, or even for events, um, we host them in BTFA Studios. And um, we just had Raquel Willis in BTFA Studios, Love, yeah. um, like two weekends ago. We were so happy to um, have a shoot with um, Tracy Africa in BTFA Studios, mm-hmm. um, which was really great because it was like in a black trans-owned studio, shot by a black trans film photographer. Yeah. And Tracy Africa is the first black trans model. And it was just, like, this, like, great convergence. And it was, like,
0: really beautiful. And we were all a little teary-eyed. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that, like, I don't know, like, y'all aren't just, like, a collective. And, like I said, not just, like, a Venmo for people to give money to. And, like you said, money is great, but it's still the first thing. Like, your cause, like, doesn't end there. You know? You guys ask, what else can we do? Mm -hmm. You know? And when it comes to artists too, how I see BTFA is almost like, like when I was doing my research, I just see you all as like, almost like you behave like a label in a way and like mm-hmm. take care of your artists, which is so good. You're not just like, okay, here, like you could perform at our gig service and leave, which is fierce. We love a gig, but you all take care of your artists and nurture them and really care about
1: yeah, their absolutely. future. You it's know? like, it is kind of like an agency or a label, like, you know, we pass gigs along to artists um, and I like I don't email artists about anything that isn't paid for. So if somebody comes to me yeah. with an opportunity they're like, hey, we want to include black trans I'm like, is it paid? And if they if the next answer isn't yes, and I don't like the number, they're never going to hear from me again. Yeah. Um, and even when we do our own events, um, you know, we pay well above the standard. Um, mm-hmm. We've done events where we've collaborated with um, events who weren't paying any of their other artists, and we were like, okay, that's fine, y'all can do that, but we're gonna pay every artist exactly. that we ask for. Um, yeah, we take care of our artists, and we are very serious about like making sure that they're good and making sure that they feel respected mm-hmm. um, when they show up, and also that they feel cared for in between. Like we promote their work, even like when we're not doing events and we're not currently booking people. We're like, okay, well, how can we still show up for them, or how can we, you know, get a little spotlight on them?
0: Yeah, and that's a really good point that you bring up because how important is being, I don't know, like, how do I say it? I was just thinking about the question. But, like, when it comes to black trans femme artists, like, being paid is important. It's very important. It's very important because some people could be robbed and then just used for who they are or what they represent. And it looks shady on whoever is booking them because then it's just like, okay, girl, we're just trying to, like, meet your quota or like and also i feel like a lot of
1: people see black trans femmes as like a charity case they're like oh well we're just gonna give you exposure like that's more than you've ever gotten like that's good enough for you and it's not these are also people these are working artists who need to pay their rent yeah who have needs to meet and also when we take into consideration when you're already marginalized that is a more expensive lifestyle exactly so we know that black trans femmes have to struggle to make money in ways that other people don't. Mm -hmm. We know that black trans women have to worry about wigs, have to worry about shoes and clothing that Mm -hmm. feels comfortable and is accessible um, for bodies that a lot of people don't make shoes and clothing for. Um, And so we take all of that into account whenever we give a raid. We take makeup into account. We take in all those things to make sure that not only are we paying for you to show up and perform, but for you to show up and perform in
0: a way that affirms you and supports you as a working artist. I was going to say, because that, you know, that supports them mentally as well. And that's setting them up for success in a future of them knowing their worth as well. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of people kind of just like turning a blind eye towards crowdfunding for people who want to get any type of affirmation work done. And I can't stand that. Like, I can't stand that. And I don't see why people... Or some people don't see the major importance of that. Like some people think, okay, this person just wants to get some cosmetic work done. Big whoop. So don't we, like don't we all? But I'm like, me wanting to get a touch of filler here might be different for that person who wants to get gender reassignment work done. Whether it be a surgery or just certain like cosmetic procedures. Because if that's going to make that person feel more confident in who they are and more aligned with who they really know they are. Why? Why isn't that?
1: Not only does it make them feel more confident, but it can literally make them safer. Completely like having FFS, having gender affirming surgeries, mm. it can be something that prevents people from experiencing violence or mm. even being able to take the train to their job and not, you know, worry about being attacked or being harassed yeah. or any of those things. And like that's really important. Um, and it was that for me. Like I mm. experienced a lot of street harassment and a lot of, like, I remember I went to spring break in Miami, and I was, like, so harassed. I was thrown out of parties. I was yelled at. I called my mom crying. I was like, girl, we gotta get this FFS, like, quickly. And we did. Um, (laughs) But I think that, you know, people don't really understand, like, how those type of surgeries that they see as meaningless can be life-changing for black trans femmes. Um, And also, even if they weren't Even if I was just like, I want to get a little pinch. I want to be a little bit more cunt. I'm not holding you a gunpoint to give me the money. Like, you
0: can just keep scrolling. Right. And you'll be so okay. I promise you. Yeah. Yeah. And regardless, still going to be gorgeous soon. (laughs) Like... Exactly. I just just don't get it. But how was your own personal experience to kept BTFA going? Like, when you recall your Miami trip and whatnot, like... Mm -hmm. Do you have kind of instances where you look back on certain moments triggering or not on your past and you just say, like, this is why I'm still going. This is why I'm still doing this.
1: Absolutely. So much of what I do is really grounded in, like, supporting trans youth and thinking about, like, not only the Jordan that was, like, 20 years old Mm -hmm. running around New York in stilettos and the smallest skirt she could find, Mm -hmm. um, you know, getting into trouble Um, But also, you know, the 16-year-old Jordan who was in Jacksonville, Florida and like dreaming about, you know, being who she truly was and having a community and being able to like have a career in the arts. Um, So much of my personal experiences um, have like led me to do the work that I do. And um, I have a very like motherly spirit about me. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of girls that, you know, I call my nieces that, I take care of and that I always look out for and learn so much from Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm always thinking about like how to make BTFA better for them how to make BTFA better for the next generation like my next biggest goal is to like expand BTFA to LA and to the south because I know what it's like to be in the south and not have any resources or connection to community Mm -hmm. Um, and you know I want to make sure that nobody has to go through the struggles that I went through and nobody has to feel as alone as I did
0: Yeah, completely. What do you think about the landscape in general for black trans femme women? Um, I think that
1: right now it's in a place where it looks like it's changing Mm -hmm. and people who aren't black trans femmes think that it's changing a lot more than it actually is. Mm -hmm. Um, And people are getting really comfortable with that. And they're like, oh, yes, BTFA was in vogue or on forbes and so the work is done we're good um but that's not really the case um especially in the south there's a lot of attacks on black trans people's resources yeah. on black trans people's health care on black trans people's existence um and it's really scary um and i think that you know with more visibility comes more hatred comes more attacks comes more just like vitriol and it's really disheartening to see. Um, And as much as we're changing and like being able to speak to the older generation of black trans femmes now who like came up in the nineties and the two thousands and hearing about how much they struggled and how hard it was for them. And they're very proud of us and very proud of BTFA and Mm -hmm. what we're doing. Um, There's still so much work to be done. Um, And yeah, like I said, I just want to make sure that every black trans femme, Feels protected and feels yeah. taken care of because, um, right now I think we're the only ones who are doing that for ourselves.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I think it's a good point that you bring up of that people are getting comfortable with thinking that Black trans femme people are taken care of just because like these major publications are like spotlighting them. What people don't realize is that a lot of these companies are just trying to like fill their quota or just look cute for a minute, particularly Absolutely. around June.
1: Absolutely, you like- know.
0: It's like, you know, a running
1: joke in the community. Like, the girls get their rent paid for the year in June, you know? Yep. It's like, everybody shows up in June. Everybody wants to take mm-hmm. care of us in June. Come July 1st, they're out. Logos <laughs> changed in all. Like, you want to yep. email them about a coin in August? Oh, baby. Sorry. It's gone. Left on red. You know, like, nothing is consistent. Yeah. Um, and it can be really disheartening, especially when, like you know, you're in this space where, like, you're really waiting on that to hit, and every year it's a spike. And then, you know, with trend cycles, it's really sad that, like, in our community, there are identities that trend. And so, like, when black, trans, femme people aren't necessarily what they're looking for, when non-binary people are what's trending, or when, you know, um, the upswing turns and, like, they're all about drag queens, or like, whatever it is that's hot that Um, year, there's a whole other part of our community that's left out. Trans men get left out all the time. Trans mass folks get left out all the time. Um, Lesbian folks get left out all the time because it's not necessarily something that's trending and hot. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: And it's like not fair that (sighs) our identities are things that come in and out on trend cycles. Exactly. um, And that we can't get consistent support for our community.
0: Yeah, and I was just about to say that it's just like it is so unfathomable and disgusting and just whack- of how people could be trending. Yeah. Specifically marginalized communities. Like, how are you going to make that a trend? You know what I mean? A trend is something that's, like, pointless. Like, these fucking bootleg Balenciagas that I got from the thrift store. Like, that's something that's trending. That's something that's going to come and go. Mm-hmm. People aren't going to come and go. They're going to stay.
1: Yeah, people are going to be here forever. And <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, it's not always
1: going to be beneficial to support those people, though. Yeah. For companies. um, And so that's, I think where why i always say like companies do the work during june mm-hmm. btfa does the work from july to may absolutely. Um, because like somebody has to step in and support those communities when the global lens isn't focused on them
0: yeah completely what companies do you think have done a good job at staying consistent in their support and representation I can't there's not any. a lot. Yeah, I was just about to say um, it might be a trick question. You but. know,
1: there's definitely companies that, you know, show up and do some good work for a little bit, but companies are always going to be worried about their bottom line yep. at the end of the day. Um, Like any large corporation, it's going to be about their brand, their reputation, what Absolutely. can make them money. Um, and you know we've had some great collaborations with companies you know Fashion Nova has supported us by yep. Air has supported us Dacium has supported us we're working with Lime Crime right now yeah. um, and we're always really grateful and you know the people within those companies are very earnest and very um, generous and like really show care and yeah. support um, that's genuine but I think as an overall um, institution you know company
0: support can never be something that we fully rely on. Yeah, completely. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. And it reminds me of a point that we were talking about earlier when it comes to other people within our queer spectrum and our community. I hate how, especially on a grand scale, like people think just because like gay people are getting somewhat taken care of these days that trans folk are good too. What? What? Honey, like that's crazy <laughs> that is you know what I'm saying like they think that uh, gay pride represents everything no it doesn't it's like you still need to go and do the, the work gay about people don't even take care of us
1: so why the hell does them get taken care of exactly have anything to do with us exactly
0: <laughs> specifically the <laughs> white gays are taken care of because there are still many other gays of color there are still black gays that still need help mm-hmm. you know what I mean and that i don't know that whole thing just like blows my mind like yes like the term queer and lgbtq like that's a spectrum it's an umbrella but like there are still specific people within that have their own needs yeah you know
1: absolutely like even within the black trans community there's mm-hmm. so much diversity there's so much um marginalization that happens within our mm-hmm. community you know, like when we talk about intersectionality It's about recognizing that, you know, there are multiple systems of oppression that impact each individual. You know, there are Black trans people who are more impoverished than others. There are Mm -hmm. Black trans people who are disabled, who are immigrants, who speak different languages. Um, You know, there's so many different things. Black trans people who are affected by HIV and AIDS, who are doing sex work, who Mm -hmm. are, you know, struggling with addiction. And all of those are needs that we need to address. And they can't just be handled with one, like, blanket motion. Um, It's just never going to work. Um, And, you know, it's about making sure that you're uplifting and supporting the most marginalized within your community because when you bring up people from the bottom, then everyone else will be taken care of as well.
0: Exactly. What's been your favorite part about BTFA so far in this journey that it's been? What's been your favorite?
1: I think Um, it's just, like, getting to see people feel hopeful again. mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know... So much of being black and trans um, is like dealing with hopelessness and feeling like Mm -hmm. the things that you dreamed for yourself when you were a child, the world that was presented to you is not the world that is a reality for you, Yeah, that you're going to be shut out of that. You may not ever get married, that you may not, you know, um, feel your mother's love, that you may not get to go to college or get to be a model or do any of those things and to be able to work with people who have, you know, succumbed to that and yeah. felt that and see them feel hope again or to like see people believe in themselves for the first time mm-hmm. because somebody else does. That's like the most gratifying part of my job.
0: Yeah, completely. Cause you mentioned it before, a lot of other causes that relate to black trans people, they're all done out of like, charity and trauma, which like is important, but hope, joy, that's yeah. important. Like even Black Boy Joy was trending over Twitter and I love that. Like it's it's it could really could just be that simple mm-hmm. in a way. And I like that BTFA leads with that yeah. mission. So I really do like love all the work you're doing for real. And any way that I could help be a part I'm I'm there. Thank you so for much. For real, anytime. Left my job and everything so I have more than <laughs> enough time to contribute to the people. So, what else do you have planned for BTFA besides the Brooklyn Museum Gala in January?
1: Uh yeah, we are just doing everything bigger and better. Mm-hmm. Um we're going to start using BTFA studios in like a much bigger way yeah. in 2023. We're expanding our team in 2023. We've already kind of dipped our toes in L.A. I hosted an event out there in September, Uh but we're going to be back in L.A. in the spring um, and doing some things in Atlanta as well. Um, Just like continuing to expand our community. We're doing bigger productions, more events, continuing Mm -hmm. to work with Ballroom. We hosted an OTA night um, in Brooklyn Mm -hmm. a few months Mm -hmm. ago, and we'll definitely be doing that again And you know, maybe even hosting our own ball. So stay tuned. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I'm just really excited about all the work we're doing and the artists we're supporting.
0: I love it. How can people get involved? Like if somebody's watching this in the middle of their shift at work and they're thinking, how can I help right now? What can they do?
1: They can go to Instagram or Twitter and follow at BTFA Collective. Um, And also make sure when you follow us, you follow the artists that we're supporting and reposting and supporting them directly. Um, You can go to our website, Mm. btfacollective.org. You can sign up to donate there. You can sign up to volunteer there. You can sign up for our newsletter, um, you know, to make sure that you're getting all of the updates about what we're doing. Um, And just... Honestly, even if you don't go through us, find a black trans film artist that's, like, in your network. You can actually use the list, which is on our website. Um, It's a global directory of black trans film artists Uh, from five different countries and over 100 different artists. Find someone who's near you or who's doing something that's similar to what you're doing and connect with them and support them. Um, there's just so many ways to get involved with the community and with BTFA. And, you know, my hope is just that with me being on these platforms, somebody finds a way in to something that they've been wanting to do.
0: So, Mm -hmm. Well, I'm excited and I'm so thankful for you coming. You're definitely going to be back again if your busy schedule allows. But, yeah, you let everybody know where they could find you. Again, I really appreciate you coming. Thank you so much. I for real want to do stuff. In the future, and everything Absolutely. can help. Anyway, I can't watch. We'll talk about that when all that's off. But thank you, everyone, for watching. We'll see Jordan definitely again on another future episode, of course. But till next time, I'll see y'all next week. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye.